There's one surefire thing that can help you check to see if your use of story in your marketing is ethical or not. Shannon Bussey shares that with us today as we explore on how we can use storytelling while keeping our marketing ethical. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Critically Conscious Coach, where coaches and consultants know the importance of deeply connecting with prospects, showing up in an authentic and joyful way, and inviting those people to become lifelong clients to exceed their sales goals. But most coaches are afraid to market themselves because they've been taught to use cookie-cutter marketing tactics and unethical sales approaches, when in reality, your prospect just wants a real emotional connection and amazing results. Therefore, get ready to unlearn and market yourself authentically through asking insightful questions, making better business decisions, practicing self-acceptance, and doing sales the right way. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Critically Conscious Coach. And today I have Shannon Bussey with me again. And if you did not hear her amazing entrepreneur journey episode last week, definitely go back and check out that one because today we are reserving our time to dive hopefully quickly but deeply into how we can use story ethically in our marketing. So the impetus for this question is how story is often used to resonate with people in marketing, but it sometimes gets used in such a way that encourages people to make decisions that may not be in their best interest. And this is true in marketing, sales, and even in actual coaching fulfillment. So Shannon, first of all, thank you so much for joining me again today. Oh, I love it. I love being here. And When I first came across this question, (laughs) I literally went straight to Google Docs and I started typing out all my thoughts. It was like Ruthie's amazing question just kind of pulled all of these things out of my head. And I had to tell her, I'm like, thank you. I have now like two pages of notes on this Google Doc on this topic, which we won't go into all of those because that would make this episode too long. But I think this is a huge problem in the industry because there's two such distinct camps. There's the people that are completely fine using a story to manipulate and to invite, but also shame at the same time people. And then there's other people who want to use their story in an empowering way, but they're worried that their story might be manipulative. And so it actually holds them back. And So the first filter that I would apply to this question, if any of you are wrestling with this, is ask yourself what you're worried about. If you're worried that your story is actually being used manipulatively because you don't want to manipulate anybody, pretty much you're probably good. (laughs) Because the other camp, what they're worried about is they're worried that their story will be perceived to be manipulative and they're not actually cared that much about whether it is legitimately manipulating people. So digging down deep into your own intentions, there is where I would send you first, if this is something that you're worried about, because if your intention is to serve people and make the world a better place, then sharing your story as an invitation, as an open-ended invitation without any shame or blame or 
making someone feel less than in any way, then you're good. You are good and you can trust yourself to share your story. If on the other hand, you're in the other camp, don't call me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think there's a third camp here. Okay. And it's a, it's a third camp that I have recently discovered myself. And it's the camp I think that I found myself in from a marketing space for quite some time. So not too long ago, I did an episode on systematic unethicality. And so it's when a lack of ethics was part of a system that you learned. And so I think that in addition to you know the one camp, right? We got our first camp with the manipulators, the second camp with people who are like, oh, I don't know how to use my story. I think there's a third camp of people who learned a particular way to use story that might lend itself to unethicality. Not that that was their intent, yeah. but because of the systems that they learned, it then kind of lends itself to that. So I'm curious to know what you think about, like, how can we know where the line is? Like, how do we know if we've crossed that line going from using our story to connect to instead, instead of it being an invite, being it more of me, like pulling you in, like you're some type of fish or whatever, right? Like, how do I not trap people with my story? Like my intent is good, but, but based on what you've observed over the years, you're like, you know, your professional experience, maybe it's worth looking at some of the ways that story might be used in an unethical way that we might not be aware of. I'm, I'm not really sure how to approach it. You're, you're the pro. Yeah. Well, this is a topic close to my heart because Anything that we're talking about here in terms of story also applies to life. And so, you know, it's a good to look at it from that perspective. But I, the thing that's coming up for me right now in relation to how you ask that is shame, like shame and a dichotomy between what you're saying and what you're doing, you know, some kind of misalignment there that those are the two biggest things to watch, you know, watch out for. So if you hear anybody's story and they're trying to sell you something or enroll you into a program, if there is any underpinning of shame in that story, uh, you know, you can walk away. Like you should never feel bad that you can't afford something. You should never feel like you have to justify the fact that you maybe just don't want to enroll in this program, feeling like you are less than, or somehow you don't fit in anymore. If you don't pay the price and enroll in this, in this program or become part of this group, you know, going through that, all of those things are, I mean, shame is interwoven, you know, through all of those things. And so a story should be just a straight up invitation. And you should, if your answer is no, you should be able to walk away maybe with some regret, but, you know, or some FOMO, but not anything where you're feeling worse about yourself or you're feeling less than, because that's just a really insidious cycle that just feeds on itself of you're not good enough unless you do this. You're never going to succeed unless you do this. I have the answer. And if you don't have this piece in your business, then you're doomed to fail. Mm -hmm. All of those things are underwritten by shame. And so when you learn to recognize that in the stories and the marketing that people are using, you can steer clear of it. Yes, I like that a lot. And see, that's a perfect thing because I think many of us learned 
to use, not that we would call it that, but to use shame, right? If we didn't call it shame, we would say, make sure that they know what they would be missing out on, let's say, right? By not choosing this, then you're choosing that, like that dichotomy that you were talking about, right? Yeah. If you're not choosing this, then you're choosing that. If you're not choosing to join this program, then you're choosing to stay exactly the same. And whatever pain points I illustrated to you earlier in the call or earlier up on the sales page, so you're just choosing to stay with those pain points then. Okay, bye. Like. Yeah. And that's a completely false dichotomy. Like it just isn't. I am firmly in the both and camp yes. and anybody that's like, has that kind of black and white thinking. I mean, that's a narcissistic manipulative, you know, manipulation, that black and white thinking that it has to be either or no, it doesn't. It does not. It's a both. And I'm not, my life is not going to end because I didn't enroll, you know, with your program, my business isn't going to fail because I don't sign up for this today. Like I get to choose in my own time, in my own way, like this is my path to walk and you don't get to take that away from me. You know, that's, that's my choice. Okay. So it might be whether it's, you know, reviewing our own sales process or reviewing some of our own marketing, it might be putting on, okay, how would, how would I feel about this reading it as a customer and, and it, trying to examine and look for any of those kind of, you know, cognitive biases or logical or, you know, logical fallacies that, you know, we've been taught to rely on like the black and white uh, logical fallacy and examining our own marketing, looking for those types of things, you know, and, and it's, it's two sides of that, right? Cause they say, if you go looking for something, you'll find it. But if you even think it's there, isn't it worth finding? You can always get a second opinion. And I think that would be something too, is if you're really concerned about it, like you're marketing and you're doing what you do and you feel like your intent is in the right place, or maybe you're not quite marketing as heavily as you would like to because you're worried about this, getting that second opinion, third opinion, whatever it takes to make you you know, feel like, okay, I feel good about this, yeah. right? Why do I feel good about this? I feel bad about this. Why do I feel bad about this? So you can identify it and really, you know, dig in. Yeah. And choosing from a place of desperation is not usually going to yield the best steps forward in your business. Mm -hmm. Choosing from a place of intention and groundedness, that will. And sometimes you have to push pause and you have to put your earplugs on with all the scarcity and urgency that is all over out there in marketing and the twisting the knife. You know, sometimes you have to just be like, okay, (laughs) hold up. This is too much, too heavy. It is crazy how many people talk about abundance mindset while at the same time twisting that scarcity knife. Oh yeah, and all like all of these things that (laughs) start out as, you know, maybe valid mindset issues can be manipulated. And so understanding that Mm -hmm. and, you know, just staying in tune with your reactions. If you're like, wait, I'm feeling ashamed, but why should I feel ashamed? You know, any messaging that's making you feel shame is not in your best interest. And you get to dig into that and kind of ask yourself why and step away from it and do something else. Because believe me, there's somebody else out there teaching the same thing, coaching the same thing, but they are a person with integrity and they actually care about you and they care about you, your success as much as you do. And those are the people to find. And so sometimes if you find that you're stuck and you're not sure, stop looking at the messaging and start looking at the person behind it. Look at their actions, look at the way they interact in different spaces, look at how the experiences that other people have had with them. And I very rarely buy 
products in and of themselves anymore. I buy from people. And so I look at who those people are. And, you know, once I trust them and I realize that they're an expert and they also have integrity, they care about me, then sometimes it matters less what they're selling because what I'm buying is the experience that I can have with that person because I've established trust with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you did some some story work with a recent guest on the podcast, Chrissy, and I absolutely loved the stories and and the pictures that came from that. One thing that I absolutely loved is that you all were not afraid to capture <laughs> some of Chrissy's Oh, no. I that was one of my main goals like going in. Faces. We were Right. So yeah, we were running this one day mastermind and <laughs> that morning somebody came and asked me, Oh, do I need to clean up my bed? Are you going to do laptop on the bed shots? And I just laughed. I was like, not for Chrissy. Like that's just not her vibe. But I knew that going into her, her photo shoot, I wanted to capture her WTF faces yes. because she's so expressive and the way that she writes and posts, like people engage with her for that. That's who she is. Yes. Yeah. And you know, when I work with people with photography or with story, I never want to change who they are. I want to bring out who they are. I want to celebrate who they are because that is what their ideal people will be attracted to. And I loved it. Yeah. And I knew with her humor, you know, that she would use those photos and, you know, be able to put in some, I don't know, some spice, some fire, you know, into her, her branding and her messaging and her photos. Yeah. And I think it says something to the marketing space. And in terms of like, when I'm thinking like, oh, I'm like checking out the person, like you said, where I actually find myself turned off from the overly happy, overly polished type of pictures that I see on landing pages or on websites and stuff these days, it actually makes me not trust them because I'm like, look, look here. Nobody's that happy. Yeah. Nobody's happy all the time. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. They get the, the makeup artist in there and they have their really like sterile white background. And it just, that's just not my style as a photographer. Well, and they're just, they're always, they're always smiling and every hair is always in place. And I'm like, that's not my life. And, and the thing is, is I've lived enough life to know that's not your yeah. life either. So I automatically feel like you're being fake with me. Not that I don't want people to present their best friend, but seeing those pictures of Chrissy was really exciting for me because I am also somebody who makes a lot of negative faces. And I actually did have like some photos taken not too long ago where somebody actually had to remind me to like smile because I was telling a bro marketing story. And so of course I was making all my crazy angry faces. And I actually had to request from the photographer, like, Hey, did you get any shots of me making crazy ass faces? Because those are the ones that I want. Yeah. And she was like, actually I did. And I really liked them, but usually people don't want those. And I think that that kind of says something to the story as well. It's like, we are going to talk about struggles on one hand, but then whenever we have pictures or, or anything, of us, it's always like they don't match. Yeah, almost. There's, like, there's like you're not this person. Yeah, like you're not this person who experiences a full range of emotion, right? Instead, you are this person who, for whatever reason, has gone through the stuff I said in the story, but now I'm so happy all the time. <laughs> I know. And that that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I hear people sharing stories. So sometimes speakers will want to just share their happily ever after, you know, kind of like where they ended up. And it always makes me so mad. So I'm like, don't tell me you're happily ever after without telling me your story of overcoming. 
Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Cause guess what? I'm not there yet. I'm not at the top of the mountain. I don't have my happily ever after I'm in the trenches. I'm in the mess, the hot mess of my life and my business. And I want to hear that story of who you were before you got there, because there is so much more power in that part of your story than there is in the happily ever after. And if you think that that's, what's drawing people to you, you're wrong. The power is always in the transitional places of your story. You will be happy to hear this, I think. So in the book world, they talk about HEAs, happily ever afters. But some books say instead, HFN, happy for now. Ah, yeah. Right? And I think it's the—it's almost, it's, a, it's another big lie that we've been told that there is even a, a summit of a mountain, a precipice of a mountain to reach because when you stop climbing, it's probably because like you've you're <laughs> right, you're dead so, at the end. Right. Like you're always you're always climbing, you're always reaching. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the destination is not the point. The journey yeah. is the point. Right. And so I want to see how you got to your point in your journey that feels further ahead of me. Like you said, the things that you've overcome. And then, of course, you know, like what we've been talking about is just being distinct in how you're using that story. No shame, but also making sure that, you know, you're not using your story in your marketing to justify choices for other people. Right. I think. Right. Because it's always their choice. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. And you can ask yourself, right, if you're using stories in your marketing, ask yourself if your story is leaving people feeling inspired and empowered no matter what they choose because that's what your story should do, whether they work with you or not, whether they buy you product or not, you know, your responsibility as a storyteller is to know where you're taking them. And if you're taking them to a dead end where unless they buy your product, they're going to feel worse about themselves, then you're using story wrong. Your story should empower and inspire no matter what they choose and to give them hope that they can solve their pain point. They can figure out you know, a better path forward from where they are. And that should not Mm. be dependent upon them working with you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is the first month that we've been (laughs) operating under this new name, the Critically Conscious Coach. And it's just so amazing for me that, you know, we didn't plan it this way, but that's how it worked out. And there are no coincidences. And it's so amazing for me to have been able to have this conversation with you to wrap up like our first, like our rebrand celebration month because our stories are what we have to share. It's it's the way we've communicated since we were able to preserve communication, basically. And through oral traditions, it was always the stories. And I do think that in this space that we're in, storytelling is so very important, but we have to be conscious of the way that we use it. So thank you so much for having this discussion with me today. And I can't wait to see how this comes out in your other content, because we didn't even get close to covering two pages. I know. Oh, I know. I... (laughs) I have absolutely loved. It's an honor to be here on these two episodes where with your name change. And I think it's such a perfect topic for it because that consciousness and that intention, right? If we pour that into our stories, it's going to just follow in the way that we interact and conduct our businesses in all aspects. Uh, So be sure we've got her links down in the show notes. Follow Shannon. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not ready to work on my story yet or whatever it is, you want to follow her because she creates content. She'll stay you know, top of mind for you, sign up for her newsletter, all the things. 
because she's inviting you. It's not a push. It will always be an invitation with Shannon. And when you are ready to work on that story, even if you just want to lurk a little bit and kind of see what she's doing and check her out, then when you are ready to make that move, then you can. And she will always be the person that I recommend for this type of work. So again, follow her. And thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Critically Conscious Coach. And be sure to join us next time. Again, Shannon, thank you so much. Thank you, Ruthie. Shame. Wow. How profound. Checking your marketing, sales, and coaching stories for shame-inducing elements can help you keep your storytelling ethical. It's all about respecting the journey of every person. Stories are for connecting, not manipulating someone into a choice that's not in their best interest. What do you think? Leave us a voice message using our SpeakPipe widget on the homepage of www.defythestatusquo.com.